Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. All right, welcome to Growing Up Fire, episode 18. I'm here in beautiful Redwood Meadows with Rob and Alex Evans, checking out this cool fire hall they got here. Follow these guys on Facebook all the time, Redwood Meadows, so if you get a chance, check that out. They're always on these amazing calls, going all these crazy places with these beautiful trucks. So, been here for a long time. So Rob, we'll start with you. You've been here how long now? Uh, since the spring of 1992. 1992, so we're kind of, Got similar careers going. We've been doing this for a long time. Funny that we don't have gray hair, eh? You'd think that we would. That's right. Well, I just don't have any. <laughs> it doesn't go gray when you don't have any. There you go. All right, beauty. And your son, Alex, is here. Alex, what's hey. up? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> These are actually willing participants. To all our six listeners, this is a, a fun time because these guys weren't fighting me. They didn't hide out. We made an appointment. They kept it. And so uh, super happy, guys. Thanks for having me here, right? Thanks for coming out. Stopped in here a few times over the years. Always kind of watched you and, like I said, watched you on Facebook, watched all your posts, watched your stories in firefighting in Canada and all these other places. Watch your exploits with the Canadian, is it the Canadian Chiefs that yeah, you're on? Yeah, well, Alberta Fire Chiefs, I'm second vice president. Okay. And yeah, the Canadian Fire Chiefs, I, I don't know how to say no, so I'm on committees everywhere. <laughs> all that stuff. That's how we get, yeah, firefighters, eh? Sorry. Yeah. You go to a meeting is like, who wants to do this? No one. And then they say, well, you, oh, yeah. okay, I'll do it. Well, and for me, it's, it's, oh, you're a photographer. Do you want to do this? Yeah. I'll teach you. Exactly. Right on. So yeah. So I always catch you. You're over in Ottawa doing something or CFFF or yeah. AFCA, all those things. So, so that's cool. Definitely cross paths at those different things over the years. So I love that stuff, right? Family business for you two dudes. Plus. Yeah. The father-in-law, the brother-in-law. Yeah, dad, my wife. Your wife, your dad was a firefighter. My dad, his brothers. <laughs> well, there's a long story, family story there, but for argument's sake, his brothers. Yeah. <laughs> my maternal great-great-grandfather. So you, you guys are growing up fire. You're, you're my people. It doesn't Definitely. get any more than this, right? Definitely. I mean, I mean, we go back to, on the maternal side, that was back to before motorized vehicles. Right on. You know, really. So turn of the century. Well, two turns of the century ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're like more my people than anyone else that's ever been on this show. So I love that. That's And then that's all grown up fire, right? So it's like, Alex, you're going to tell us how we drug you into this kicking and screaming probably down the road. You know, honestly, it wasn't really much of a thought. Like, I can't think of a time where I didn't want to be a firefighter. It was kind of just... I grew up around the fire hall. It was constantly being here, being around the family, knowing the guys growing up. You know, as soon as I could, I joined Calgary's fire cadet program, got through that, and then went straight into Redwood here as soon as I could. So nice. Yeah. It just keeps trucking. Yeah, it wasn't good. even a thought really. Just, yeah. And, and Rob, you started right here at Redwood Meadows. Yeah, I've uh, I've done all my time with Redwood Meadows. No um, parole. Yeah, I was actually freelancing for the Calgary Sun. Okay. And uh, came out here to take pictures of a uh, wildfire. Oh, okay. And took pictures and they said, hey, would you like to join? I brought them out some prints of them, yeah. you know, the back long before the digital camera days. So I brought some prints out for them and they, uh, they had a spot. So, yeah, I still started. got some of that stuff. Can we see it on Facebook? There might be some. 
There yeah. might be some of the Bright Creek. way back, there might be some of the... Of the Bright Creek Community Center fire, there might be some pictures in there. Okay, so you were talking about that earlier, and we're here. So let's talk about it. Tell me about that fire. Well, I was actually at work at the Calgary Sun in my previous life. Those are back in the days of uh, not AFRAX radios and not encrypted <laughs> not and all anything. that. So <laughs> the media heard everything. And I was sitting there and the guys knew I was a firefighter. And they said, go home. You oh, know, that was go. nice. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, I made it out here maybe an hour into the fire. And they were hitting it hard. <laughs> but of course, out here in Bragg Creek, there's no hydrants. Right. At that time access to the river wasn't really great. I mean, our fire department has evolved so much since that time. That was, that was the year, uh, I mean, Alex was a year old. You know, it was just after his first birthday. So it was in September, I believe. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's funny. That's, that's one of the first times that, uh, I met Leslie Horton from Global okay, TV. Cool. She yeah. came out and interviewed, and I remember my wife Jen holding Alex. Like well, the three of us were there, the, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, Alex was at that fire. His first fire was when Jen was four months pregnant. You're already. Uh, <laughs> you were fine. We had you. <laughs> you know, you weren't even out yet, and we already had you. Yeah, but it was a big fire, and and it, like any community, the community center is its core. And it, it rocked the community to its core. Yeah. I remember taking the K-12 and cutting out part of the floor of the, of the gymnasium so that someone Would could save it, you know, yeah. Yeah. and, you know, the paint on it and it's scarred a little bit. Like so do you know where that is today? I don't know. All right. So it anyone's up, listening to this, let yeah. us know. Give <laughs> it ended up with the community association at the time or one of the members but i don't know i don't even know if it's still in existence yeah you it know. might be in someone's garage exactly basement. i wonder what this is well we can't throw it out we don't know it's <laughs> how those cool things happen yeah so i mean a big fire um it it led to improvements with our department yes yeah, so on our pumping that. trucks now yeah. and our tender our two pumpers and our tender we have adapters for every imaginable type of water truck. So cam lock, different size fittings and everything. Because at that fire, we had construction tenders driving by and turning around, offering their services. Ah, nice. So they but were we couldn't hook up to them. or whatever. And, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I can show you our compartment and, and that's hundreds of dollars of adapters. <laughs> and that's why. And, and especially... Out here, when you're in the wildland, when you're in an interface, which you well know, you want to be able to hook up to anybody that offers their help. Of course, yeah. You know, or so, a cistern or a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a puddle. <laughs> we'll take what we can get, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so the big thing, you know, and seeing it rebuilt and and now, you know, helping them out with their sprinkler systems, right? Which is in the new building. And yeah. just this past week, we did a pump operator, a 1002 pump operators course. I saw that on Facebook. It. Yeah. Sweet place, sweet location to do a pump right? operator. <laughs> nice blue sky oh. in the pictures. Yeah. yeah. You know, being able to go down there and, and show guys, okay, this is a 60,000 liter cistern in this place now. Yeah. It, we can put a lot of fire out with 60,000 liters. Oh, of course, yeah. Put it in the right spot, you know, yeah. so that type of stuff, like the the different construction in that building after years, year after year after year of renovations. Yeah. 
help contribute to the spread of the fire. Sure. How many different you know, roofs on there? Fire codes have changed so that that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. You know, that, like just everything that's advanced from there. So it wasn't really just your equipment that changed. Your trucks changed. The, pe the way people look at it changed. Yeah. Building construction changed. Right. Yeah. So everything. It's yeah. It's that fire, right? And I think if, you know, anyone that's been at a fire department for a long time thinks of that fire. And you don't really have to put a name on it, right? If I had a group of Redwood Meadows firefighters here, you could say, remember that fire that changed everything? Yeah. You know, certainly Slave Lakes had that, Fort McMurray's had that, and those are big ones. But before those big ones, there was those other game-changing, PR-changing events where people are like, oh, we better get behind these guys, and we better get going, and we better understand what's happening, right? So, yeah. I mean, your PR game is strong. You're on it all the time. I would assume around here that you have people love this fire department. How could they not, right? We do, and, and part a big part of that is keeping them educated. They need to know what, anyone that's listening to this, your residents need to know what you are doing with their money. You know, we can't just go hand out every year looking for budget money. I mean, we have a healthy budget, we have a great council, but that's because we educate them. And that is so important for fire departments to do. Right on. I talk about that all the time. You know, the, the fire departments that just show up at council once a year for budget, right? So I always yeah. tell fire chiefs, like, make sure you're in there three, four, or five times a year. Otherwise, if you only go once a year and it's with your hand out. That's what they remember. That's all. Oh, these guys are here for more money. They want yeah. another truck. They more want, toys. Yeah. Right. You know, how, how many... <laughs> I don't think we hear it very often anymore here. Right. But for the longest time, oh, you just want another toy. Well, no, that piece of hose isn't really a toy. Yeah. I mean. It's not as much fun <laughs> as you think it is. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally, yeah, I see your point. And actually, that's a great message for everyone that listens because, yeah, you don't want to just be the money guy all the time. No. Right? It's like, and, and as managers, I mean, this is, Alex is a firefighter. He gets his hands dirty and. I mean, I try to too. I can't. I can't not. But <laughs> operations, um, baby. <laughs> as a manager in the town, you have. I mean, it evolves. You know, with the ranks and stuff. You you have to start looking at it from their side as well, though. For sure. And you can't be spending money you don't need to spend. You have to be responsible, especially in this day and age with COVID and everything else. Well, yeah, like this year has been yeah. extremely bad. I don't think anyone argued with you about that, right? It's all budgets are down, money's down, money coming in's down, right? So those kinds of things are, are weird for us to try and take care of. And I think it's going to be like that next year. And I think it's going to be two or three years. Yeah, to try and recover, right? So Especially our capital budgets, those departments that, I mean, every single piece of rolling stock except our pickups is either MSI or the... AMIP grant that preceded MSI. Yeah. I know Calgary buys their trucks, or a good majority of them with MSI money. Sure. I know your fire hall was built with yeah. MSI oh, money. Yeah. Yeah, we use I MSI mean, all the time. Right? Yeah. Like, and we can't, when you talk about handout, it's all levels of government you have to be careful of. Because that's a bad thing. Coming with handout 
isn't good to politicians. They don't want to remember you that way. Yeah, well, they want to help you, right? And yeah. so you got to give them those ways to help you and those those things. It is tough. I mean, it's tough. These trucks are hundreds of thousands of dollars. Renovations yeah. to fire halls are thousands of dollars. The equipment's tens of thousands of dollars. Right? Yeah, I mean, uh, on the floor beside Jamie is two of our new SCBAs. Oh, uh, yeah. You yeah, know, got you're looking at $8,000 a bag there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, plus this, plus that. Plus, yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about those after. Because you have something else that goes with those that I was interested in. So we'll, we'll keep talking about that. Again, Facebook, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so so that's cool. So, yeah, you go back to the Bragg Creek fire. You are probably using some old Scots or something like that back in the... We had the old, old Karen's Pioneer mask. Okay. Wow. Time. Right on. And I think we might have had some Scott 2.2s then. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they probably stayed on the truck and no yeah. one was using them and all of those good things. Yeah. It, it's funny to, to come up through that, right? So, so Alex, you're, you're newer to the fire service, right? You started when you were 16. <laughs> so you're you only been around eight years now. What, like, what's some of your favorite things? What do you, what do you remember about the fire hall? What's the good stuff? You know, I, I love doing the rescue stuff. Okay. Yeah, we spend a lot of time out you know, doing car wrecks and, you know, getting a lot of opportunities to do that type of thing out in the backcountry, working with our partners there. That's something I really enjoy. Chief here talked about some of our courses we've recently done. So the pump operations, I, I really enjoy that. I, you know, think I'm pretty good at it and nice, nice. have some fun doing it. And just, you know, kind of the brotherhood of being here, just the camaraderie that we get is um, something I get a really good. I did so many one-on-ones that I finally had to learn how to spell camaraderie. So <laughs> I'm all over it now. If anyone wants to know, Instagram me. I'm on. I'm all over it. Yeah. So I agree, and I think. I mean, you wouldn't start, and you certainly wouldn't stay if you didn't love the way that things go, right? So I mean, for you, you're growing up fire. You're seeing it all the time, and and everyone in the family is involved in it. It's pretty easy to get sucked into it. But to stay, like, so again, you get sucked into it, but then you go to those horrific car accidents and those backcountry rescues and a big fire. And, you know, there's some scary gross parts of this job too. So I think to stay, you know, you, you have to just be one of those people that loves it, right? It, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a fair share of not so good stuff we deal with, but uh, the crew here especially makes it pretty easy to stay. It's not even a thing I've thought about is you know leaving because yeah. I, I love it so much exactly not gonna quit unless there's a better opportunity somewhere else or you know even then it's tough <laughs> it's tough right it's yeah i get it I, a couple of years ago i left slave lake and it's it's been hurting my feeling ever since right so on with a new place and it's going great there too and again you're just surrounded by those people that just love it right and down here in, in southern alberta i kind of it's really cool because i call you guys the southern bubble and it's like every single fire department knows every single other fire department. And it takes about five seconds to link up names. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So all the way over, you know, Stony Nakoda with those guys, all the way over to Strathmore, let's just say, right? South past Claire's home. Is Airdrie North? Do we just call it Airdrie North? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's this firefighters everywhere in that bubble, right? And everyone knows everyone, and everyone's dispatched by Calgary. So yeah. that puts you in your uh, your full time gig as emergency communications dispatcher, right at front and center, right? So you've yeah. been working for years doing that as well. Yeah, I just had my twenty second anniversary there. Wow! So there's like every fire around this place knows you. Heard your voice on the yeah, you know the best and the worst of times. Exactly, exactly, and uh, it's tough. 
it's tough being on that side of the radio. I think I do a pretty good job of separating the commander, you know, the incident ICS 400 and, and not sticking my nose in where it doesn't belong because uh, honestly, they're not my fire departments. Yeah. But it's, uh, you hear it, right? You well, can I hear it's going I good. Hear, you can hear when it's you know, not. And benchmarks that maybe aren't taught right, right. here, yeah. but someone else uses different benchmarks and it's like, no, that's not what that means, yeah. you know, or. <laughs> you know, I was sitting around the other day talking about that, the firefighters, hey, they're not happy unless they're watching YouTube or something, trying to pick up some new acronym, trying to, some new saying in every place you go to. So I'm, I'm almost at 400 firehouse across the country I visited. And, and I would say that they run them 600 different ways. It's funny, the one, the one, one of many, but <laughs> one thing that really drives me nuts, and it's silly, people calling an ambulance a bus. <laughs> if you don't bus. know the history behind Horton ambulances in New York City, and Horton actually making buses and being asked to build an ambulance from New York City, don't call it a bus. It's only a bus in New York City. I didn't, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so that's cool. So, you history. know, it, it, it's silly. It's one of like, whatever, yeah. if you want to call it that because you yeah. watched Herd Watch, um, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I love it. Yeah, all those shows, right? Yeah, we all watch them. Oh, Chicago. <laughs> this guy watches Chicago Fire. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm a couple weeks behind right now. Oh, I'm <laughs> Chicago Fire, 911. I watch all that garbage. Oh, I can't do the 911. The... Don't do it. Don't say it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I guess at your house, eh, it's like forbidden. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we, we joke about that stuff, but then if you ask every firefighter, what's your favorite firefight movie, they all say Backdraft or... No, what do you Towering say? Inferno. Towering Inferno. There you go, folks. He's not going to say his age, but you just got it right there. I, one of our wedding presents from a friend of mine at the Calgary Sun was a movie poster of the Towering Inferno. Oh. And it's still in our basement, in my fire room. It's our basement, but. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I love that, actually. I won't tell you what's all in my basement. You got to come Steve to Chester McQueen. and see it yourself. Steve McQueen <laughs> is the battalion chief. It's just so awesome. How do you beat that, right? It, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so funny for me. And, I, and I the emergency. Team. Yeah, that's my box. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sitting there waiting. Ready, <laughs> that's nice. It is true, though, right? It's all part of that culture of firefighting right does and it doesn't matter we're all kind of in the same that emergency responders we're friends with cops we're friends with the ms people we're friends with dispatchers we're friends with firefighters we're and we're wildland firefighters right your backcountry rescue buddies so they're you know the rangers up the up the road there and it, it's all just one big family i won't say happy because we all know how it all is <laughs> right you, and you got sutina first nation across that you work with yeah, and no, so no. you guys are actually I don't know, lucky, unlucky. You get to work with like so many different. I think we're really lucky. We're really lucky, yeah. And and being on First Nation land on on the Satina First Nation, you know, our our relationship with the nation is incredible. And knowing them and and knowing their their history and and you know we're part of their family around here. I mean, I have to be careful with privacy and stuff, but. Yeah. My first cardiac arrest, my first time doing CPR was on one other family member. Right. And afterwards, you know, like hugging the family and stuff. And to this day, 
staying connected to them. Staying connected with them. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a big part of EMS it, or EMS firefighting EMS all all of it, I guess. You know that follow up care. So the smaller the place the more there's that follow-up care. You see the rest of the family, right? You, you, you see them interact with them all the time. I think some places, you know, the big cities where it's like kind of strangers all the time. You don't know the people. Yeah. You don't know, you know, where for any of us sitting here, you, you could be rattled by, hey, that's the guy that lives down the street from me or that's the people that live across the lane or, yeah, right? And so the smaller the place, the bigger the chance that you're going to, you know, you go to Highway 1, it's going to be strangers probably, but you catch them right here in town or, or going to Bragg Creek. Yeah. It could be someone, you know, right? Yeah. No, yeah. no doubt. So someone you went to school with. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've treated more people that, uh, I know than I care to admit. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it's like one of the reasons I wasn't that sad to leave slave. Like I miss all the people I worked with. I miss the disaster village training center and all those things, but I don't miss that almost every call we went to, I knew them or someone in their family or, yeah. right. And so of course on the, on the fatals, it's always a million times worse. And, yeah. and even on the ones that maybe aren't so scary, it's still, you know, that panic look at their parents running up the street or the phone ringing in the seat that nobody answers. And it just keeps ringing and ringing and ringing. And oh yeah. We've, yeah. Pulling up and recognizing the car yeah. before you even make any contact or, yeah. you know, seeing the address and knowing where yeah. that is. Roadside memorials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Every time you drive a by, trigger, it, right? it, it, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you understand why families and friends do it. Yeah. But oh, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's it's tiring. We were driving up to Slave Lake last weekend. It was like there isn't a kilometer of this road for 110 kilometers that I don't remember something bad happening. Yeah. And so it never really bugged me when I lived there because it was just like this constant onslaught of calls and, and we're always giving her. But, you know, months later going back up there, I'm just like, yeah, I wouldn't say it bugged me, but it definitely reminded me of all of those things. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, when you travel it all the time, you don't always recognize those roadside memorials. But this time going up there, it was like I, I actually took time out to talk to my wife about it and say, ah, oh, there's that one and this one. And I remember that and probably five or six times on the way up to town, right? So yeah, there's uh, there's one just south of Highway 1 that was a retired soldier that committed suicide. And she's been in the news, you know, a lot. But it was on Christmas morning. She obviously needed help. Yeah. It's Memorial Day as we're recording this in the States, you know, and we need to do more for our soldiers. And that always gets me. Yeah. Always. Yeah, not just on Christmas morning, but no. every time you drive by. And every time I'm going to work, I'm driving by that twice a day. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, yeah. You, you know, it's uh, the things that come out on this show. Eh? You never know what we're going to talk about. I told you guys before we started, we go left, we go right, yeah. we go up, we go down, <laughs> we go wherever we want, right? And sometimes it's this, right? We get into these deep things that, uh, you know, for anyone listening, just, you know, if we're talking about this and it triggers you, just call your buddies, right? Remember, we're yeah. all out there, right? So, yeah, no no doubt about it, right? So there's, again, we go back to Alex's comment where there's a lot of camaraderie and cool stuff and cool training and things we do. The flip side of all of that cool stuff that we get to do and see is the not so cool stuff yeah. that we have to see and, and do, so... Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's heavy. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> are, Marty McFly. Like, downer Monday heavy. here. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so Alex, let's talk a little bit about, not, not to jump totally away from that, but 
Alex, you work at the Bow Tower in Calgary, yep, right? Yep. You, you work with the security folks, you work with the alarm people, you said in the past. And so I drive by that thing and I think of the rock and skyscraper and, and this crazy huge massive building with glass everywhere. Hopefully I'm not giving you any nightmares now thinking of that. <laughs> so we were talking before we started recording about like, you know, how, how long it takes to service the alarm system in a building that's whatever stories tall, right? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. I like, we've got pretty well full-time alarm people. We've got sprinkler people in there all the time, constantly looking at that, maintaining it. We've got people that monitor that system 24 seven, just enabling and disabling smoke detectors for contractors and, you know, working welders and working on systems and all sorts of stuff just going on in that building. With so, so many times I go to like, it's on the third floor of this apartment building. Oh my, roll my eyes. What, what's it like when it's like, oh, it's on the 40th floor of this? You know, for me, it's not too bad because I just stay in the lobby these days. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. But for the fire guys, typically, well, as long as it's not an actual working fire, which knock on wood hasn't happened yet, they'll take the elevator up with one of our operators to, in theory, two floors below the fire floor and go up and investigate. But I actually one day stepped out of our mechanical room up on the top floor, out of the elevator and the fire alarm went off and had to run all the way down 57 flights of stairs to get back down to greet people at the stairwells to check in with fire wardens coming out. And See, that sounds like no fun to me. No, no. It's like the stair climb challenge, but- In reverse. On steroids, <laughs> you gotta, all right, I gotta go. Oh. Yeah. yeah, at least going down. Eh? That's, that's better than going up 57 yeah. flights of stairs. But. I'll tell you right now, though, you still feel it at the bottom. <laughs> oh, of course you would. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd feel it about like the 40th floor and probably stop. <laughs> yeah, can, on the radio, can somebody get the elevator to the 40th <laughs> floor and get me? <laughs> so, but yeah, cool job, right? So cool to think about that. And, and I think that uh, in the fire world, it becomes this nuisance thing all the time. Oh, another alarm and another alarm. And, you know, like, probably 2% of them actually turn into something, but we always got to go there thinking it's the real thing because you don't ever know when the 2% is. So to kind of be immersed in that world, when you were talking to me about it, I was like, first of all, super cool building, sweet place, got to be a cool place to work. Second thing, you know, trying to put 57 floors of alarm system, sprinkler system, you know, they're changing office suites constantly. So contractors, the workers, the, like, it, I don't think that the average person can actually even realize what's going on there no i mean we've got two separate types of sprinklers in that building we've got a regular system as well as a what's called a high fog system so that uh, is a deluge system in our atriums so that's two completely separate sprinkler systems looked after by somebody we've got smoke detectors and heat detectors and beam detectors and all sorts of stuff in that. I forgot has the atrium. Like literally, man, it's skyscraper. Oh yeah, you're gonna be the rock in this one. It's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. So that's that's cool. I love it when I hear about stuff that you know makes you wonder and makes you think and you know makes you think about all the people that had to engineer that and put it together and then they got to go build it right yeah so yeah. guys like me just show up when it's all over and go whoa this is cool right but actually it, it's he, funny a, a friend of mine from ontario that i grew up with when i was a kid actually delivered steel to this building oh cool yeah brought it all the way out from the from i would assume hamilton but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cheap thinking like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Right on. So, so we're sitting here now, so we've talked about a million things, and we're sitting in this beautiful fire hall in Redwood Meadows. We just drove around your community before we pulled in here. Kirsten's here. Kirsten, say hi. Oh, she's, she's trying, I was trying to win a bet there, folks. <laughs> and, and so for me, being from the structure protection world, being from the wildfire, forest fire world, I, I think, oh my goodness, right? And so we talked a little bit about that. You talked about the floods, which is certainly yep. something that happens here. You've also had a few scares with fire. So, so let's talk a little bit about structure protection around here. Yeah, we were lucky enough to get a FRIA grant last year or approval for it last year for a uh, wildfire protection plan and a sprinkler protection plan. So we are, I have to send my first report and it's a week late because of, <laughs> we all know how- We're on a podcast, doesn't come out till July. Exactly. You're still good. Even... <laughs> by that time, it'll be done. So, so we've got that plan in place and uh, we've been trying to get funding, capital funding from the town in our regular budget process for a, uh, an SPU, a type two SPU. Okay, cool. And we need two to effectively protect the town based on this plan that's being done by a consultant. That is going to drive me going forward as far as trying to get this funding. There's lots of SPUs around this area, Rocky View, Foothills, Banff, Canmore. Yeah. They all have them. Lots of places that are close, but if if you're affected, they're affected. Exactly, and trying to trying to make people again uh, talking about educating, trying to educate people that if there is a fire in this area, Rocky View isn't going to have their unit in Redwood Meadows. They're going to have it down in Bright Creek. They're going to have it in Wintergreen. Where you know whatever. So maybe we can call on Banff, and I know I know we can. I know we could talk to Cilio and. Yeah, you know, well, get, tons of people that. would want to come and help you, but it's about the size it's of the a, fire. Exactly. And the so that's what we're driving towards right now. We're trying to, to get funding for at least one. This is where being that manager again, uh, yeah. right? Both one makes sense. Yeah. Buying two to sit here for that what if. Fiscally, doesn't make sense as a town manager right. and part of that team. And, and that's the balance you have to be as a fire chief these days. Right. You know, the political game that you have to play. So do you get something to get you started and, and exactly. then it comes down on that day, right? To prioritize homes and to try and figure it out. And, yeah. and I mean, we're driving around in the trees. So typically when it's dry like this, I wouldn't come to a place surrounded by trees unless I was in a fire truck. <laughs> Just through that, I guess, fear that builds up in me from the things that I've done in well, my career. We're in crossover all week. Yeah, big time. It's beautiful, <laughs> yeah. right? It's 27 above today. Dry, yeah. popcorn fart dry, right? So yeah, it's a bit of a stretch for me to be this far into the bush without uh, being surrounded by fire trucks. But I guess I am. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll count on you guys to get me out of here. It's all good. And so, yeah, I mean, and it, it's kind of cool that you talk about it in that way, right? So, you know, you have people, professionals come in and help you with a plan and kind of talk about all the things. And now we got to go get the things that are required. And that's a big stumbling block is to try and get the funding and, yeah. and how much, right? So do we just get one trailer and get a bunch of extra sprinklers and hose? Do we get, you know? Well, I think this is where you start as fire chiefs, as a fire chief association, this is where you start playing that political game. You start looking at, okay, how much money are you spending for Chuckhead Creek for slave? Yeah. I can tell you exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but how much money are you spending at the front end or at the back end yeah. when you could have spent a fraction of that at the front end yeah. 
and They're billions of dollars versus millions. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and we have to, the political world seems to be in our in the emergency services seems to be very reactionary. They don't want to spend the money on the front end because it's just sitting there. It looks like a waste of money. And on paper, in an accountant world, it is a waste of money. And as fire chiefs, we have to recognize that when we're trying to educate. And I keep going back to that. But it's cool for me. So today we're driving through Redwood Meadows and we're like, oh, well, what would it cost to live in Redwood Meadows? So there's like three houses in the whole town for sale. So we checked it out, right? And I mean... They're going for 600000 now. Yeah, so you can, for the price of one fire truck, that's what a house costs if we lose it. And so when you start to, you know, take those costs, like you're See, saying and, as a manager. And with fire, you mentioned fire truck. With, with our year-old truck, the way I sold it was, well, obviously the fire underwriters. Yeah. I mean, we need a Class A pumper. And we've got one, but now we're in a good 10-year cycle, yeah. hopefully, with our two engines. But for that $630,000, which our truck costs, you look at the insured value of homes in Redwood Meadows, you're over $125 million. So that's like 0.1% of the insured value of the homes in Redwood Meadows. So how do you, how do you say no to that fraction protecting that much? And that's how I sold it. And that's how you have to sell the big capital. Purchase. I hope you're listening. I hope everyone's listening. <laughs> this guy's giving you gems. Get a pencil out, write this stuff down. Cause it is, it's important, right? It's not being a fire chief's a different kind of job, right? Yeah. So you got to lead the people when the time's there, but you also have to help with the money side. You also have to help with the administrative side, the PR side, right? And yeah. so your PR game is strong and I'm sure that helps you, you know, make those connections and keep people interested in what you're doing. But at the end of the day, it always still comes down to, well, that's a lot of money for something that's going to sit there until the day we need it. Yeah. Right? I mean, okay, I guess. I was in Slave Lake. I was in Fort McMurray. I was up in high level. And yeah, we did. We spent a lot of money trying to make sure it wasn't worse than it already was. Well, and and high level, all those sprinkler units saved that town. Yep. Period. Yeah. So, and then, that, and that would <laughs> and have been I know another. Slave was up there, like, yeah, you know, sure. Rock, or Clearwater County, you know, Tons all of people. Yeah. Like, there were 40 trailers up there, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, it was, that was a big event. No, no question about it. Right. So, yeah. We, we can't count on Mother Nature to take care of everything for us, right? It's yeah. uh, Mother Nature's, Mother Nature's for us some days and against us <laughs> others, like this week against <laughs> us. Yeah. Right. Um, probably next week against us be raining and we'll all be complaining how terrible it is but i'm with you so being prepared right it's uh, i spend my time my free time all two minutes a week of it crossing the country doing the podcast talking about different things trying to convince councils to to listen to us in a different way trying to educate people so i i had no idea that we we're going to go down this path today so i, I appreciate that and thank you because yeah. it is important and it's important to, for people to hear it from people other than me, right? Yes. We all kind of got to be talking about that. We all got to be saying, hey, you know what? You know, no matter what size platform you're standing on to talk to people, use your big voice and, and try and get it out there, right? So I really appreciate that for sure. Alex, for you, yeah. so you're growing up, right? You keep calling him chief, but also AKA dad, right? Well, or El Jefe. El Jefe. El Jefe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. or, or whatever you call him when he's not here also. That's that's cool. I get it. You, you know, what's that like? So it's like at the family barbecue, is it fire, 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 fire? 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> we really try, we not, try to. not to. Yeah. We once in a while talk about hockey and then the Leafs end up. Oh, I haven't looked yet. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> I the Oilers are out, man. I don't want to talk about it. So. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we try not to, but it often ends up going back to fire in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's, you know, something I, I look after or vehicle maintenance. So if it's something to do with that or, you know, even just some call that we've been on where... I need to get something out or, yeah. Or a cool YouTube video. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you see? Yeah. yeah. You, you know what the acronym is? It's yeah. totally applicable to us. What is it? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So I'm already buying in. I'm like, yeah. what? what? What is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, are they only do content spires? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's crazy. I mean, I would say probably one or two times a week at the new gig, I'll go in there and they'll all be sitting around the kitchen table in the morning before we get cracking. And somebody's looking at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, blah, 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 some Snapchat, YouTube, whatever thing. And next thing we're all surrounding, right? We're all yeah. looking at it. We're all like, send me that link, man. And because we're, we're junkies for fire, right? We just got to have it more. The more the merrier. You could tell us a million acronyms and we'd be like, oh, that's stupid. And then we'd read them all and see if it's the right. I, thing. I've gotten in trouble at my paying job for that. Yeah. Being on Facebook, looking at fire. We're not supposed to be on Facebook. Yeah. And I, I, I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm yeah. always searching fire truck pages and like oh, for me nice. fire trucks are my nerd thing perfect <laughs> yeah. that's awesome yeah so what's your favorite ones i love platform trucks okay yeah morinville they're quantum they're pierce quantums yeah like that ugly looking trucks yes. but beautiful to drive on the on the highway i d delivered their rescue and their platform and yeah oh yeah Nice. like that stuff nice nice i love that i love that so chestermere's first place that had a platform that i've worked at l street sticks before that so yeah it's kind of cool to get there and i think it was like my first week and they're in there doing some stuff with randy you know i can't believe the... he's using it as a crane i know i know oh i know right and i pull you... up and i'm like I just dropped their coffee off and laughed. Yeah. I was like, I can't be part yeah, of this. And, and he totally <laughs> trusts Randy because it's course. Randy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You couldn't ask for a better guy that, uh, you know, Lives for in the MBA community. stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, it was a game changer for me to watch that because I'm thinking of our 100 foot straight stick ladder in Slave Lake. And if you lift 500 pounds, it's like the world's ending. Yeah. Right. yeah. And here they are lifting up all kinds of stuff. More to come on that. I can, <laughs> it's going to be incredible. No, but I, I love I love pumper trucks and everything about them. Yeah. So walking out here tonight, we walked by uh, your Squirt 120. Yeah. Right? So what's this thing? It's a, it's an, a 1976 Hendrickson superior body it was it was a super pumper in calgary oh, it was okay. their first squirt really yeah it uh, operated at number four station okay so back in 97 no 96 they decommissioned it right. so they took the squirt boom off of off of it and put it on a brand new cabin chassis so we got the cab chassis and pump on it okay we found an old aluminum fire truck body that was in a field down near Turner Valley and got that and put it onto that truck so and modified it yeah. and everything else. And we did all the body work on it. Like we put it all together. The boom 
So we put a squirt on it, but it wasn't the original one. It was an old Syncru truck that Alberta Fire Training School was using. We bought that from the fire training school. Came down here, we had to cut the steel body off of it. So like a transformer know. already. It's yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> so before we actually put the aluminum body on it, we had superior fire trucks take the boom off of the old one, put it on to the Hendrickson. Then it came back down here. We put the aluminum body together, extended it a little bit because it's a bigger pump. And so we did all it. Well, our fire chief at the time was a mechanics instructor at SATE. Yeah. So he did all of the aluminum welding and all that so stuff. That helped he it. did all the body work on it, all the paint. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Superior did all the final pump panel stuff and they tested it for us. It never did. I think it, it might've gotten a ULC plate once after we redid it and then it was too old. Yeah, of course. Then it just yeah. got past the 25 years. And yeah. I'll throw some pictures up folks. Yeah. Get so uh, it three years ago, three, four, four years four. ago, it wouldn't pass its uh, commercial vehicle inspection because the C channel frame oh. started to separate yeah. because of the rust just pushing it apart. Yeah. So the truck still works fine, except for the starter that's on it on the front bumper right now. I didn't notice something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it still pumps like 1500 gallons a minute yeah. or 8,000 liters. Still useful, still cool. Still a great yeah. story. I love it. Yeah. We got permission to keep it and use it for some pump training because you know, our, I mean, our newest pumper, you, you press a button and it does everything for you. Yeah. You know, like the Chestmere one, you know, open. <laughs> yeah, all the valves on it. Try to make it as cool as you can. Yeah, you know, the old, there, there's nothing to replace the training you get on an old pump with a relief valve, with volume and pressure. I mean, it's a two-stage pump. If you can pump on that, you can pump on these new I couldn't agree pump. more. I, I mean, today's pumps are a bit like a video game versus yeah. like the old school. Oh, and air pump. primer. I mean, that new truck of ours, we put an air primer on it and you press a button and, and it just keeps prime. Yeah. You, you, you know, press yeah. auto prime and you walk away. Yeah. By the time you get back from chalking your wheels, it's primed. Yeah. Honestly, like every time I go down to Acres Emergency Vehicles, they get another thing in the plant where I'm like, yeah. what? Are you kidding me? You what know, does this thing do, right? When we were walking in here, you're talking about the SAM trucks. Yeah, you know? the pump. Yeah. You're walking around with an iPad now, pressing buttons and opening valves. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool. I've seen a SAM at the Ontario Fire Chief show working. It's hard to believe actually. Eh? You know, Parkland County just had uh, the first one out of uh, Fort Gary. Yeah. It's a department just outside of Toronto. I forget which one now, but they just got the first one built from dependable, I think. Right. Well, now you're seeing right, Vancouver ordered an electric fire truck. And, yeah, yeah. Vancouver, you know, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. Where's I mean, this gonna go? Where, Los you know? Angeles has one on order. Yeah. New York does, I believe. Yeah. You know, and you're looking at, at at trucks, I mean, Toronto, I think, just ordered a 180-foot or a 200-foot Bronto. Wow. That's, that's incredible. That's a long ways you know, out, uh, Vancouver yeah. has a big new platform truck from Europe being built right now on a Spartan chassis. Well, head out to Chestermere, man. We'll put you up there in the platform. You can well, take some good pictures. I've been in T-Rex, so... <laughs> But you didn't get a picture of Chestermere Lake from there. No, no. Right? So right. now we got you there. Now we're we're reeling you in. <laughs> right on. <laughs> this is one of my favorite places to come because you guys do always have cool stuff. You're always into it, right? We were talking about the MSA before. Yeah. I think the last time we were here, you were talking about Sims You Share. 
right? Yeah, the computer yeah. program and you're kind of running me through yeah. that. And I've told people across the country about that thing. So thanks for that. Oh yeah. I mean, take pictures of in your area and then put it on a computer screen and make it catch fire. Yeah. And you can actually do pre-planning. Okay. What happens if this Alpha Delta corner is on fire. You know, how are you going to attack it? It's a bit ridiculous it, when it, you think it about it. Changes it changes how like, you do things, right? I, I agree. And so uh, the new MSA packs, you guys love them. That's cool. And and it came with like, was it a tracking system? It, it's called, it's MSA's Lunar platform. Lunar, right on, okay. So it's a tip that you can pair to a pack and each firefighter can carry one. We only have two, so we're, we're using it a little bit modified. Okay. So actually four, we have two on our RIT pack, so each engine on the RIT pack, and the officers on both trucks will have one. Okay. So we're tracking, this is where you start dealing with the money, right? Like, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're $3,000 a piece. So we bought 14 new BAs. So we're not going to spend $80,000 or, you know, to buy one for each pack. So we modified how we're going to use them a little bit, but yeah, it'll track guys. So it's not just a tick. It's, it's a, a tracker, like an avalanche beacon or whatever. Alarms go off. It'll go off on the, the RIT team outside the RIT team. There I go. The rapid intervention team team. Yeah, no. Or for everyone else, the Rick or whatever else you want to yeah. call it. We don't care. <laughs> Use whatever acronym you want. You know, that team outside, if the officer from the other engine is inside with his and sets off the emergency alarm, okay, now that team is getting it right away. Yeah. So even before they're saying mayday, 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 he's pressing the button to set the alarm off. Linking it to the outside. Linking it to the outside. And that team is already like chomping at the bit, yeah. right? Waiting to hear that, that report like yeah. okay where are you but they don't even need to hear it now because now you can see it will tell you a percentage it's like hot and cold the right, game right. hot okay, and cold so right yeah playing the hot and cold game yeah as seriously good, right? so okay. it'll tell you a percentage and how close you are within you know like 30 meters 60 meters 90 meters it is such a cool platform and we're the first one in western canada to have yeah so so we've been talking about accountability at Chestermere and, and all of these things and you know there's so much technology out there to help you it's almost overwhelming when you're trying to pick this and that it really is and it so really is. i saw your stuff and i actually said to nick i was like give him a call check it out like i don't know what's going on over there yeah but they got some new cool technology and uh, let's find out what it is right so Actually, that's why the packs are on the floor beside you. Because you're training. Because, well, no, we have to uh, upload, because it's so new, we have to change the firmware on the packs in order for it to recognize them. Oh, wow. That's how new that's this how, is. Cool so is. we have to upgrade all the brand new packs with new firmware before it'll actually work. It, it's that uh, technology piece, eh? Like you get a truck, so you have a 10 year old truck, 20 year old truck, you get a new truck and you're like, oh man, this thing's the bomb. And two years later, they have some other technologies where like, wow, now that one is cool, right? Air packs yeah. are the same way, gear is the same way, leapfrogging over top yeah. of each other all the time. And one, and one big thing I've always said, and, and to the guys around here, I sound like a broken record, I'm sure, but we're a volunteer department. We have a small stipend at the end of the year, Merry Christmas, here's your check type of thing. Like so many other departments in North America. Yeah. It's nothing. It is nothing. It's still a volunteer fire department. Yeah. yeah, you bet. 
one of the big things that I've always said is we can't pay you guys. We can give you the best equipment and the best technology to do the job. That's the least we can do is make sure you have the tools and the equipment to do it. Firefighter safety, right? If we can't uh, all but guarantee they're coming home, we should never send them out. So. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we're not buying, and, and there's nothing wrong with Nomex gear, with no pockets and stuff. It meets the standards. But it's not but the same. As, it's not the same as the gear that we're buying and just received our yearly. I mean, we have a rotation. You can say morning private, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's where the PR, the, the media person in me, right? No, but really, I mean, we have $3,100 sets of Morning Pride that are customized to our guys with the New York style striping. Keeps you safe, keeps you, know, you in there, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's because the guy, that's what they want. And our guys, like anywhere, they would wear that Nomex, you know, have no pockets. That's not functional. Yeah, it's not as safe as we can make them, right? No, no. And I think that's always the thing that I talk about too, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's expensive to get a firefighter geared up head to toe, you know, uh, seven, eight thousand bucks, depending on what you're buying. But then we're gonna dump another seven or eight thousand bucks of training into them, and we're gonna dump a bunch of money into trucks and hauls and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, that investment is just in making sure they get to come home. And if they go out there and they're safe, then we have the chance to save your home, save your family, save your friends, right? And so all of that stuff's a good investment. And I'm with you. That all comes back to that education piece you talked about. Yeah. Making sure people know, right? It's it's hard for someone to understand that a set of bunker gear could cost thirty one hundred dollars. It's actually mind boggling to think. And that. and why do you need to replace it after ten years? Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> Should last forever for that money, right? And and you know, looking at it, yeah, it looks fine. But let's actually start looking at those. I mean, Fiber I sound like a salesman now. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's good. But keep really, it going. We love it. We love it. <laughs> but no, like, I mean, let's start looking at it under a microscope, literally. Yeah. And you can see those fabrics breaking down and the heat just goes through that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think back 30 years ago when I had my first set of bunker gear and one of the trusses fell off the roof. And of course it was too close to me or I was too close to it. It was somebody's fault. And, uh, <laughs> and my pat leg got burnt, right? And so... And you had that gear for the next eight years. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I really, really did. Maybe yeah. not eight years, but a long time, yeah. right? And with this burnt up leg, they kind of got sewn back together as best they could. And and that gear later on, we ripped it apart and we had to look at those inner linings. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was trashed. It was trashed. It was yeah. horrible, right? Well, and and now, I mean, we have a gear extractor here. So, so we, we're washing our gear all the time. You know, saunas and fire halls. Yeah. Right? Like more and more. There's yeah. so, so much and and I wouldn't even try to do the sauna thing here right now. We just don't have the fire call volume to yeah, like sure. and again that goes back to the management side of it. Okay, a sauna's nice, but I can't make a business case for it for the amount of fires that we actually do. <laughs> yeah, it, no. it, it's you have to fire up the right? three B's, right? Barbecues, bake sales, and bottles turned in. Yeah. So it's all, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're all champion fundraisers, but what are you going to spend that money on, right? So again, yeah. you know, do you want the lunar technology or do you want uh, some piece of equipment on your truck or do you need a sauna or, or do you give it back to some member of the community that's having a hard time? And, and so they know that's fire departments. Yeah. Um, all of those things are things we fundraise for. We raise money for the, Fort McMurray firefighters five years ago. Yeah, exactly. I think we sent up a $5,000 check for them. 
Give and that was selling hot dogs. Yeah, barbecues. Yeah. yeah. Firefighters. That's our go-to. <laughs> you know, I, I went to a small place. I won't say the name of the town, but uh, in Saskatchewan, and I stopped in, and they got three thousand dollars a year in funding from the community, and the rest was all bake sales, barbecues, and turning in bottles. Right. And I was like, wow, like. You know, we, we all think we got it tough, and then you go to these little tiny towns, I think it's three, 400 people, right? They were running three old trucks on this old, old fire hall. and, oh, and yeah. uh, But again, super proud, super happy to be there, super proud to serve. 11 years ago when we uh, got our Kenworth, our second new engine now, that replaced a 1992 Navistar. Okay. And that went to Choiceland, Saskatchewan. Yeah. And to my knowledge, they're still using that truck. It's still a truck they use for firefighting, right? Yeah. And so all of those are cool pieces to me. All right, boys, we got to that point where we're getting close to the wrap up. So what uh, final thoughts, Alex, what do you got for us? Wow, I don't Just know. Just sprung it on you, hey? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know, I think uh, going back to what uh, El Jefe said, just communication, like, you know, I, I look after our vehicle maintenance and have developed relationships with our service providers for that, that I can call them on their personal phones on a weeknight or a weekend or a holiday and say, hey, this just happened. They said, okay, bring it into the shop. Like, you know, they'll clear out space for us just because of the relationship, the communication we give with them, the, the give and take. And I, I just think that's something that's uh, really important. All well, the grown up yeah. fire, eh? Relationships. It, it, it's what it's all about. And not every fire department is losing sight of that, but a lot are. And we need to get back to that, that brotherhood, that sisterhood. And we need to remember that we're all a family. We're not competition, right? No, we're not competition. And that goes for mutual aid partners too. I mean, there, there's so many different unique issues. <laughs> but we have to remember what our end goal is. And our end goal, I mean, stealing it from Brunacini, but it's about the customers. You know, and our customers are everybody outside of these fire hall walls. Our council, our residents, business owners that help us out. Yeah, we purchase service from them, but they're our customers and it, it's, it's all about the relationships. Love it. Can't sum it up any better than that, you guys. Thank you so much for having me out, Redwood Meadows. Growing Up Fire, episode 18. Check it out. Keep checking us out on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Redwood Meadows. Get on their Facebook page, like that. Check it out. These guys are always into something crazy. And, and our website, rmesfire.org. Nice. You got it. You heard it here first. All right. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.